Welcome to Jam Bob, a podcast where Jenny and Megan bond over books. I'm Jenny. Hi, and I'm Megan. We are a mother and daughter duo here to bond over books with one another and with you. Hello, and welcome to episode two of Jam Bob. This is Megan, and today we're going to talk about growth from reading. Last time, we talked about how our reading journey started with fiction, and fiction was our way to escape into new worlds, inspire ourselves and our our lives, and also provide entertainment. But today, we're going to talk about growing from books. So mom, when did personal growth start to influence your book choices? Hi, everybody. I'm Jenny. I think the first time that personal growth influenced my reading choices was about two years after I was in college. I was asked to be a manager, and I had absolutely no management training. So I didn't want to let down the people that I was managing, but I didn't know what I was doing. That led me to try to find good books about how to be a manager and how to lead people effectively. I remember finding Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. I think that was the first management book that really resonated with me because it was things that if you did, you would get better at reading. First off, being proactive and then thinking about where you were trying to go, what was the actual result you wanted, making sure that you're focusing on what's important, making sure that you're thinking about solutions that are beneficial to all of your stakeholders, thinking about what else matters to the leaders, not just what matters to you, thinking about ways that you could continually get better and bring your team um, up with you. So I think that that was one of the first books that really helped me think about what it might be to be a, a, a good leader. I love that book. I actually remember you sharing it with me. And I think the uh, habit that stood out the most for me was that seek first to understand and then to be understood because it's the idea of perspective. And, you know, thinking about my own personal growth journey from books, I remember uh, just growing up in elementary school, having this love of history and these grand figures and leaders in our, in our, especially in the United States, I was a huge fan of the 19th century. And despite the horrendous part of our nation being torn apart through the Civil War, there were some just figureheads that stood up. And I remember you, you inspired this. There was these small books that were biographies of famous women and men in that time, such as Harriet Tubman, uh, who was a slave that, you know, fought her way to freedom and also through the Underground Railroad helped many people become and and find their way to freedom. Uh, Clara Barton, who was the founder of the Red Cross uh, and her story as a nurse and a a woman who recognized such a great need to be able to service all of the soldiers, no matter what their side. And I mean, even looking at Abe Lincoln and his story of, of how he ruled in a divided country and brought the nation that was broken back together. And I think learning from leaders also was inspiring as a, as a kid, but growing up just to learn 
you know, the leadership from a real life person was just an incredible way to digest and, and instill some of those lessons that you learned from Stephen Covey and the management book. So I'm curious though, as I'm thinking and speaking out loud here, and I, I think our readers might be too, when you are embarking on a personal journey and wanting to learn from different skills, how do you decipher what books and you should actually be picking up and how to trust and vet that the author is giving you information that's going to be useful? What tools did you use, mom? I definitely was doing this before Google and chat GBT. (laughs) (laughs) So at the time it was, you know, where do you get recommendations for popular books in in an area? And sometimes that was the newspaper, right? What's the New York Times bestseller list? And then you could find lists of what were the most popular you know, books on a particular topic over the last 20 years. So it would be narrowed down in an area. Um, and then who, who might be the authors through lists like that, getting recommendations for friends. And then when you're getting the book, reading the actual cover and then looking at who is writing reviews on it? Do you trust them? Have they done anything that is is worthy in the same area? And I think from that, you end up feeling that the person you're going to read the book from is going to be able to give you something that is worthwhile. Uh, who who did you trust and, and who did you lean on as you were starting your management journey that you were talking about before to to pick up skills, what, what other books came from, from that person? One of my early jobs was at a company that was Sybase. And one of the HR people they had there was Patrick Lencioni, who um, has actually become quite famous for leadership books. And one of the books that he had was The Five Dysfunctions of a Team. I knew he was great in HR. I saw that he had the book. I read that book and that book immediately resonated with this is how you create a team. This is how you get people to trust each other. This is what you do to get everybody rowing in the same direction. That book became one of my favorite leadership books because I think I had a you know somewhat personal connection albeit through a large corporation, but <laughs> to to the author, I knew that what he said was good. And I knew that um, he was inspiring. Uh, you mentioned that book because I remember when I was working at Goodreads, you suggested that when our own leadership team at the time was just learning how to, to work together in, in better circumstances, especially in the age of COVID right? When we had to be remote and really have strong communication and lean on one another. And I think that one principle of knowing who your team is, especially as leaders who have teams under them, knowing that you report to each other and your peers first shifted the entire narrative of how the Goodreads team operate together and and made it really successful and such a fun place to work. So, um, I credit that actually going back to what you just said on trusted resource and learning. Um, that's awesome. I didn't realize that you knew the author. That's really cool, mom. No, I that that would be going too far. I worked at the <laughs> same company at the same period of time as him. I was a peon. I did not know him. 
<laughs> well, I'm going with the Inuum, right? We elaborate here. That's what stories do. They embellish. <laughs> do you have any other um, books in your journey that you just thought were really notable for your personal growth and that you would want to share with our readers and other people? There's probably three that I go back to a lot. Um, one is John Cotter's Leading Change. He was one of the early people that kind of studied the, the journey to getting people to, to change. And when you're in the tech industry, you're constantly finding new ways that you want to approach problems and you need to try different tools. So it's a continual going from point A to point B and being able to make that journey such that people want to take it is is something that every person needs to learn how to do. So I found that book super helpful in setting up where are we trying to go? Why are we doing it? Why should you care? What should you be um, doing to help us get there? And I think another one was um, the What Color Is Your Parachute by um, Richard Bowles. That one was a personal one. It was, if you are going to change or want to do something different, what is it you're looking for? And even if you're happy in where you are in your job, I think that book is really helpful to visit every so often because it puts you through a journey of introspection to really think about what are my strengths? How can I apply them? What's important to me in a workplace? And it's a structured way of approaching that problem that helps you figure out maybe what's next for you. I remember you showed me that one and I, I'm forever grateful. It's, it's still on my bookshelf and something that I go to again and again, because not only is it a framework for career aspirations, but I think the same applies for anything that you want to do. Now you set up goals. Um, speaking of goals, do you have a, a book? I, I remember you shared with me, I don't remember what the book title was, but a, a book that you really resonated with you when it came to goal setting. What was that? That would be John Doerr's Measure What Matters. Um, I have been a program manager or and managing program managers, technical program managers for a while. One of the things that we're constantly doing is figuring out what are we trying to accomplish in what period of time. And it's very motivating to be able to get to the why of what you're doing. So what I liked about that was you you set up your higher goals um, in a way that's inspirational to the team. And then you talk about in a time frame exactly what you're going to do and how you're going to measure um, that progress against the goal. The first time I read that book, it just it clicked, and it still helps me think about what's important and how am I going to make progress towards that goal. I'm curious, Mom, for all of these just personal growth books that have so many different toolkits in them that you can use in your life to help, you know, better you and whatever area that they're focused on. How did you actually implement 
all of these skills is because, you know, some of these are so saturated with all of these ideas and things you can do. How do you go about actually using this in your day to day and making these concepts and things stick? I, I think you can't just read them, right? You have to go from, I've read this, now I'm going to actually try doing it. Um, and when you do it, after you do it, you have to go through an, a retrospective process to be able to say, as I did this, this worked, it didn't work, so that you're continually trying to improve on this new tool that you have now in your tool belt until you get to the point where it's just natural and part of what you do. Sometimes I, I have to be perfectly honest, sometimes something will not fit and then you know throw it out. Really, you want to play to your strengths. But if you've if you've read about it, you've internalized it, you've tried it, you've improved on it, and you keep improving on it, it'll become something that is a helpful tool for you. And then you even get to the point where you can help others get good with it and share it. I love that mental model, mom. Like that's such a great way to interact with reading. Um, but one one of the things I will say about it, it seems like it takes a lot of time to be able to to really give that book its due and proper attention. And so I'm curious for you, like, how do you keep and maintain that energy uh, of reading? And like, how do you just not get burned out? from from reading personal growth books and kind of overdoing it. Not going to lie, definitely <laughs> been in that burned out place. And a matter of fact, as recently as last year, I hit that burned out place. I think that there are ways that you can refresh your love of reading and and keep it joyful. But I think that's worthy of a topic all to itself because I think in today's day and age, people do find it hard to find that time and to keep that focus. I definitely think that's something we should like dive into next time. I love that. Um, and before we go, folks, I think it would be so cool just to hear about what books have spurred your own personal growth and in, in your journeys and what you've learned from. So feel free to share in the comments. We'd love to hear from you. Till next time. Bye.